0: Welcome to Marketing Thought Leadership, the podcast that offers insightful discussions on thought-provoking marketing topics. Here's the host of our show, marketing consultant, speaker, author, and educator, and the president of L2M Associates, Linda Popke. Welcome to our latest edition of Marketing Thought Leadership. We're here today with Ann Barrett, and Ann is... Uh, is the publisher and founder of EarthSayers.TV, which is the first web-based network dedicated to the sustainability movement. Uh, Ruthann has been a producer of MokiTheCat.com, a short story website since 2001, one of the first to feature audio streaming, which was the precursor to podcasts. She's got a long, long uh, biography, lots of, of experiences she's done. We're going to focus on, uh, on just a couple of things because it would take us forever and ever to tell us all about Ruthann, but she is the publisher and writer of two blogs, digitalsavvy.blogspot.com and sustainabilityadvocate.blogspot.com, and two recent white papers, Branding Sustainability, the fourth B, and The Whole Brand, Establishing an Online Presence. Uh, She's been in high-tech for a long time, including with um, companies such as HP, Computerland, Sun, and Informix Software and uh, she's got just a, a wealth of background. Today we're going to be talking about the intersection of sustainability and Web 2.0. Welcome, Ruthann. Hi. How are you, Linda? I'm great. Thank you for taking time to talk with us today. This is such an My interesting pleasure. topic because it's, it's really something that we're just starting to learn a lot about. And, and I think to start with, can we talk about what sustainability is? Because I'm not sure everyone understands how we define sustainability.
1: Sure. And, you know, for those listening, if they're at their computers, they can log on to uh, earthsayers.tv. And uh, the first thing you see is um, a definition of sustainability, and it is the development that meets the needs of the present without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their own needs. And we adopted that definition um, for uh, earthsayers.tv, uh, because it's pretty universal, it was um, uh, first uh, promulgated uh, at the World Commission on Environment and Development in 1987, often referred to as the Brundtland Commission. And so, if if and when you go to EarthSayers, um, you can um, really sort of be introduced to to what we're talking about. And then, you know, the the, the basic thing is um, it's the voices of sustainability. And uh, what we did is uh, we aggregate um, video from around the Internet and from around the world. And these voices um, represent uh, leaders, business leaders, citizens, teachers, um, professors, um, and citizens like uh, you and I from all walks of life. And um, it's really an attempt uh, for people to begin to understand uh, what sustainability uh, encompasses and most importantly, um, why it's uh, important to you and I and to the world.
0: I, I have to so, ask you, Ruthann, because you come from high tech, high tech direct marketing. You've also been, been um, head since 1994. you had your own direct marketing agency, Red Direct, which specializes in relationship marketing lead generation programs. How did you get from there to taking on the mission of increasing sustainability awareness and adoption and building this website?
1: Well, that's a great question and um it really started um some time ago. I had read a book uh, as often people do um about um, wine making and um, the Fetcher wine the c e o at that time um, talked about you know, sustainable um, agriculture and um essentially very simply making wines without toxic chemicals and so um I thought, it got me thinking about sustainability, and uh, really it was quite personal. I I came to the conclusion that my lifestyle wasn't very sustainable, and um, not only that, but the business I was in, direct marketing, um, and especially direct mail, um, wasn't all that sustainable either, and uh, as I thought about this, um, I, you know, like, like you do when you're involved in the learning cycle, I started to see more references to sustainability and attended a speech uh, right outside uh, two blocks down from my office. And um, Robert F. Kennedy, Jr. was speaking, and it was sponsored by Sun Microsystems and KGO. And uh, I was so motivated and inspired by his speech um, that as I walked home, I thought to myself, you know, I've been a strong uh, advocate for using audio and video on the Internet. And I wonder how I can make um, it more, uh, the Internet work better for sustainability. And um, then came to the conclusion that, you know, sustainability is like what, what we, we call a mission-critical application. And um, I decided to adapt What I've learned from technology and applying the um, technology adoption life cycle, something we're all kind of familiar with, and for any of our listeners who are fans of Jeffrey Moore um, and Crossing the Chasm, I I basically took um, that thinking and applied it to sustainability and realized that um, it was really a, a good way to start to drive awareness for sustainability. And, um, so actually everything that I've done, in fact, I would argue that almost all of the marketing people in high tech, um, have at their, have at their experience level, a basic understanding of, uh, how important sustainability is and, and how it is a mission critical application across all industries. So basically, Linda, I'm taking what I've always done and applying it to sustainability and, um, starting with increasing awareness. If if you go in and you search on sustainability uh on Google, uh you come up with um oh twenty five million results. Uh if you do that same search on Britney Spears, you get close to a uh, hundred million. Really? Uh, not only that no, we're I like argue sixth,
0: that's not sustainable. <laughs>
1: Right. <laughs> we're like sixth in um search traffic uh, wow. as a country behind Canada, the United, the UK, Australia, New Zealand, um, and so you can kind of see that uh, awareness. And and you you know me pretty well, and I've never been a big uh, awareness, um, you know, um, branding person. I, I come out of the specialty of direct marketing, um, and but fundamentally, with low awareness, it, it really affects. Um, we know it affects the buying cycle, and it certainly affects the learning cycle. So I've adapted the buying cycle and that language that we've used for years in high tech to the learning cycle. And I'm saying, okay, when, when you type in that word, you've entered the learning cycle for sustainability. And I want something there in those first three or four results. Uh, and, and only recently, by the way, has Wikipedia showed up. Uh, before that, it was all consulting and B2B companies. Um, no educational resources, and um, so now Wikipedia is there, and so we see EarthSayers TV as sort of the videopedia, if you will. Um, but of course, coming out of direct marketing, um, you know, we're we we really kind of emphasizing uh, involvement as well. So eventually, EarthSayers TV will also be a community um, of advocates and uh, thought leadership because and you'll appreciate this, it it is a thought leadership platform. Um, There is none out there. If if you can advertise green products, you can talk green, um, which is one aspect of sustainability. But if you really want to be exposed to the thinking uh, and the language of sustainability, um, there is really, well, there was no place until EarthSeries.TV. So actually... Uh, I'm taking everything I've ever done, and applying it to the mission-critical application of sustainability. So
0: tell us, Does that that, make and sense? certainly, Rosanna, as we move into marketing and, and what we've seen in marketing over the last decade or so, we're moving more online. We're we're not printing brochures and we're not sending as many direct mail pieces through the post office. So there's certainly a, a move to at least. Uh, reach people more in an online way, which leads which to sustainability. But tell me exactly, in your mind, what does sustainability mean for marketing? Okay, well, uh, I'm going to start that conversation with a quote, and I'm quoting
1: Michael Monahan, uh, who is uh, CFO of Pitney Bowes. And, and he says, uh, the bottom line at Pitney Bowes reflects tangible benefits. Sustainability improves cash flow, Generates revenue, increases operating efficiency, and furnishes a starting point for connecting with existing and potential customers. And I want to place some emphasis on the connecting with existing and potential customers uh, because that, I think, is going to drive um, some really requirement for marketing to transform itself. And while, you know, much of what you mentioned, for example, Um, relates to increasing operating efficiency. You know, uh, the less paper we use, um, uh, the more energy we save, and, you know, kind of the the greening of marketing. I'd like everyone to sort of begin the thought process that really everything we do in business is really about increasing sustainability awareness and adoption. And it has to be that way because uh, the situation... uh, out there is, uh, is severe. And it's not just climate change and it's not just, uh, you know, energy efficiency. It's, it's really our economic foundation. Um, it's the health of the planet and it's the health of, of us, uh, as, you know, as people. So the, the good news about sustainability awareness and adoption is it's strategic. And so um, it's a strategy and, and an initiative. Um, that really, I think, is going to um, drive some really big changes in marketing and, uh, and, and transform it, uh, but n- not necessarily uh, for the, the common objectives that we're used to seeing in marketing. I think marketing professionals have to adopt uh, a different language. And so the benefits of, of marketing uh, transformation I think you'll find are, are, are much uh, larger than we're, we're usually focused on. And, and I want to emphasize that I think one of the, the key elements of any transformation is that there be open collaboration. Uh, and I think uh, collaboration is key uh, you know, to how we, we begin to drive change uh, through our marketing organizations. So the, the four objectives I like to talk about are uh, one uh, is attracting and keeping talent, and I think Linda, you had a previous um, speaker on your podcast. Um, I think it was uh, Lisa Orell uh, talk about uh, the Generation Y mindset, and I like to think that that what she talked about was everybody's mindset, and, and that is that you know um, we have to attract and keep talent uh, at, at, of all ages. And um, some of those issues in marketing that really uh, relate to the subjective are, you know, uh, very high turnover among our CMOs and and key marketing staff. And and this is nothing new. I mean, this has been tracked for the last couple of years. And and actually, you're probably much better uh, at uh, talking about what these issues are, but I'll I'll cover a couple others Uh, The other issue is, of course, retooling, you know, our workforce. Um, And I think uh, the Serious Decisions Consulting Group um, put it this way, and they say, uh, you know, how much of your effort to improve results is focused on your people and their skill development? We talk a lot about how important people are in marketing, but providing them with learning opportunities so they can perform better is not always a priority. Um, And that also leads to, you know, another issue which has to do with talent uh, and skill level, and that's, you know, the documented very slow adoption of uh, marketing um, software uh, and technology. Uh, you know, we're still kind of wrestling um, with, with uh, really not being able to adopt some pretty sophisticated um, technology, for example, uh, that allows us to to um, do lead generation um, in a more sophisticated way uh, using the internet. So, um, and the slow adoption, you know, has I think been documented uh, pretty much uh, everywhere. Uh, and then, you know, there there is um, uh, a, I find a lack of of importance uh, attributed. Um, to being uh, innovative and experimental. Um, so not only do we have to learn new things and, and, and be um, the kind of place where people want to work, uh, you know, being, being you know, a, a magnet uh, as Google has been, for example, uh, but we also want to be innovative. And so after attracting and keeping talent, I like to talk about uh, the objective of of marketing uh, transformation being one of innovation, and and as I mentioned, technology adoption. Um, Boy, this uh, you know here we are talking on a, uh, a, a producing together a podcast, um, and you know how many companies are, are using um, conferencing technology uh, to broadcast. Uh, you know it, it, it's still considered by many people you know to be something that they just don't do or don't know how to do um and then uh, uh, and i and it's innovation uh, up and down uh, and across it's uh uh this i mean it's hard to even talk about uh innovation because there's so many possibilities and i think earthsayers.tv is a good example uh, of innovation where we're using um uh database technology uh to aggregate data and to display it um for uh, you know, educational purposes. Um, a third objective, and, and this is the one that I think uh, everyone listening who's in marketing um, will hear the clearest, and that is uh, authenticity, reputation, and what is often called experience—the the customer experience—and and with sustainability, you see a lot of activity among employees. Um, again. Going back to that talent, uh, the millennials and and, and younger folks want to work for a company who uh, addresses sustainability. Um, And so it it, it becomes an important uh, attraction point. Um, And certainly your customers want to deal with a company and buy from a company um, that is a good uh, corporate citizen and uh, practices sustainable uh, principles and practices. And, again, I think um, if you look at some of those, um, uh, reading, uh, for example, the CFO uh, from Caterpillar, uh, Dave Barrett, um, and he says the first implication of sustainability standards is reputation. And he's talking about reputation with consumers demanding greater responsibility. Now, now you notice I tend to quote CFOs, and, and I'm doing that um, at the same time Um, I'm usually writing and and talking about uh, the CMO and the marketing uh, staff taking the kind of leadership um, to drive change in the organization. And I think if anybody hears me uh, and goes away with one important message, I I really think that through all of these um, uh, objectives is, is the underlying a message that you know you you can make a difference, and and marketing needs to assume a leadership role across the organization, um, and and it has to be authentic. Uh, so uh, you can't fake this kind of stuff anymore. And um, I think I'll come back to that branding and reputation experience um, when I talk a, a little bit about some big changes that we see, and we'll be talking about. And finally, the fourth objective, and uh, I really feel a little guilty taking so long, but these four objectives um, really, I think, start to position our marketing uh, as as a leading uh, leadership organization and and not just, uh, you know, concerned um, with uh, marketing communications, but but expanding that, And, and that is, Uh, building uh, quality connected uh, networks and organizations. And I think uh, we can all begin to see um, the importance of collaboration and collaborative networks. And and the work that's being uh, done in that is quite uh, amazing. In fact, Ed Morrison, who um, is with um, Open Source Economic Development, uh, writes that quality places have thick connections to other people in other markets. So I can see a time when your company will be uh, judged um, by its uh, collaboration and its networks um, and how uh, it interacts at that level uh, with customers and prospects and employees. Uh, I think we're all kind of in this together. So um, those four uh, objectives uh, form the basis uh, for talking about uh, transformation in marketing. Uh, does it kind of make sense to you?
0: Yeah, it does. It, it, it really does. But but I'll tell you something. Transformation is such a strong term. So tell me what some of the issues you can see that that suggest that we really need a transformation and that we need to go through this.
1: Well, you know, it is a strong word, but I think things need to be changed quite dramatically. and. The good thing about it, and you, you kind of referenced it earlier, is that I've sort of been around the block a few times. And um, some of the things that, you know, m- myself and colleagues innovated on um, are now, um, quite frankly, I think, passe. Uh, so um, the transformation uh, that's going to be driven uh, through marketing is, is going to affect um, marketing communications, product marketing, customer support, sales. Um, And that's because all of these organizations in in their customer-centric and customer-facing roles uh, are going to have to identify and align resources um, with corporate sustainability initiatives. And I'm sure you know that uh, – for example, there's a global one hundred uh, you know most sustainable countries uh, companies list, and of that seventeen of the hundred are united states companies, and five of those seventeen are um, high tech related companies including h p and a m d and intel so i'm not I may be speaking to the to the choir in some respects in terms of high tech because Uh, sustainability, especially environmental sustainability, is really um, uh, critical. And uh, and, uh, as proof of that, I offer, of course, the release uh, recently of um, Apple's uh, green uh, notebook. But it kind of goes a little beyond just, uh, you know, a a consumer product. It really kind of affects uh, your relationship. And I'll I'll go back to that quote where – uh, Michael Monahan of, of Pitney Bowes talks about sustainability being a starting point for connecting with existing and potential customers, um, and and the big marketing changes. And by the way, you'll notice that I quote people, uh, and, and I do that kind of purposely because it's, it's just it's not just me talking about this. Um, Deepak uh, Advani, who is CMO of Lenovo, uh, remarked uh, recently that if marketeers rely solely on the old and proven and tested methods to do things, uh, they're not going to survive. Now, I think that's pretty strong language, um, but uh, and so I, I don't feel too guilty uh, emphasizing that we're really talking about a transformation. And so well, let me talk a little bit about uh, what I see as classic marketing. I see um, marketing, uh, the world of marketing, divided into sort of three views, branding, uh, awareness, uh, and then response, of course, which I've long been affiliated with, and uh, interactive uh, or online. And um, I think uh, we need to change that strategy of, of, of classic marketing and move uh, finally, uh, and this, we've been preaching this for a long time, but I think now it really uh, is the thing to do, and that is to move from that kind of worldview to um, uh, a relationship marketing view. And uh, if you see as your, your strategy uh, relationship marketing and, and, you, and you really kind of build everything off of that, um, I see that sort of reinvented now with the Internet to be divided into two parts. Um, one is in situ or face-to-face, and the other is digital. And um, if you look at your budgets Uh, And if you look at how you're doing things, and you really, first of all, put the test to how it fits in uh, with the relationship marketing, and and, and, and are you either initiating or maintaining a relationship, and then start to look at your resources as, uh, you know, face-to-face or digital, Um, and then, of course, needing to to integrate those two things. And and stop all the talk about, you know, whether or not this is print advertising or whether or not this is branding or whether or not this is, um, you know, uh, uh, online or offline. I think you're going to start to see um, that over time we're going to evolve into uh, pretty much uh, a digital uh, world. Um, The in-situ or the face-to-face world uh, is becoming increasingly uh, less sustainable um, I have heard uh, people talking, um, leaders in, in, in Europe um, talking about uh, not flying uh, at all for another, you know, year or two. And, and, and um, you know, people uh, are starting to realize that, you know, um, the energy uh, and uh, the costs of that are exceedingly high. And, and then you have, of course, companies like Cisco, who have begun to invest heavily uh, in video conferencing and uh, the whole idea of collaboration, um, you know, uh, across a network. Uh, so uh, it, 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 it's just a different view, and it, it forces you to begin to look um, really at fundamentally what you you want to do in terms of relationships. And that gets you in to really what, what Ben Franklin has been quoted as saying, you know, tell me and I will forget, show me and I might remember, involve me and I will understand. And out of that, I think, uh, Linda, you can see where um, collaborative networks, um, sometimes called social networks, are going to be key uh, uh, driver with your relationship uh, with your customer, employees, and prospects. And I'm not sure everybody is ready for that. First of all, um, I think the title of CMO ought to be replaced with CRO. I think the, the marketing uh, chiefs out there should be relationship officers, and really take ownership of relationship, um, and uh, you know uh, begin you know to sort of steep themselves uh, in that view of things. And uh, and I think, for example, um, you know, Autodesk, for example, which has a big customer experience uh, initiative. Um, is kind of taking steps in that direction. Um, it, it, and it doesn't just mean, you know, the CMO changes his or her name. Um, we see the need, um, really, uh, if it were up to me, I would rename Marcom. Um, I'd I ban that name. I, I think it should be called Network Communications. And I know there are people out there who are saying, oh, this person is really, really crazy. But not if you begin to look at the digital world and, and what we need to do in it, because um, essentially it's an enormous need to understand infrastructure, not just um, you know, uh, how social networking works, for example, but really putting databases behind everything you do on the internet so that um, the internet um, and your web environments become smart um, I, I can't, you know, not only is there uh, such a great silence across the web, um, you know, very little voice, um, but many of the sites uh, are, are not even tied into a database. So if, if I'm a regular visitor, which, of course, many high-tech companies have uh, regular people coming back all of the time, um, it, it, it doesn't, their websites don't even remember uh, that I've been there. Uh, and, you know, the, it, 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 it's like uh, I am not important uh, to keep track of uh, un, until somebody outbound calls me and, and, and then begins to hound me. So I think, um, you know, that's a big change. And, and, and then, of course, what really is, is, is pushing everybody's buttons is as, as you begin to move into this relationship and open collaboration model, guess what? You, you're not, Marcom and marketing is no longer processing information um, and restating things, but really uh, enabling uh, the customers and the um, prospects to begin uh, to drive the messaging. And I don't, I've, I've talked to many companies who have really sort of adopted an open and transparent approach to this, and they all say that it's driving innovation in their companies. You know, the technical support people who, you know, marketing rarely has a relationship with um, begin, uh, you know, to um, move some of their interactions so that the customers ha- have a direct input. Uh, and, 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 you know, and I think if you – hang around the technical people, um, the technical people uh, of, of this world have been very sophisticated in creating um, web environments that allow them to exchange information and to learn from one another. And, uh, you know, there's, there's just no way um, in, in, in terms of the technical competency people need uh, that they can rely on, you know, the old idea of, of, of reading brochures. I mean, we really have to learn from one another. And this ties back into what I was talking about in terms of innovation. Um, so it begins to drive innovation, and companies realize that and are you know now connecting their product people and their technical support people um, in ways uh, to drive that change. And I think marketing, uh, or what I'm now calling network communications, needs to facilitate that by, by um, providing uh, infrastructure. And I think... It's interesting because uh, if you go back and read, um, for example, um, uh, I'm thinking of uh, the Twain Manifesto, for example, which I think still should be required reading, uh, and, and, and you go back to the start of all of this. And remember, I told you um, when, when I got into sustainability, I realized that it, it would take everything I've learned and everything I've worked at, um, was appropriate. I mean, I started out uh, in high tech as the uh, head of the HP uh, users group. Uh, actually, two of them. Uh, and uh, you know, in those days, um, and we were connected by computers. We didn't have the, the web, but we we published magazines all electronically. Um, and, and and this is you know in the early 80s. Um, I think. You know, we're, we're getting back to to the, the fundamental need in high tech um, for users to be involved uh, and to and to be driving and helping to drive innovation, and and certainly that was a, one of the key reasons uh, early on why user groups uh, were so important um, to our industry. And I think we're going to go back there because when I look at that user group, I realize that what it was is essentially a collaboration network. And um, we didn't have some of the handy tools uh, that we have now, but we did have uh, the computer as the network. And, um, you know, I, I don't remember, I think you were at some when we when we uh, had long, lengthy uh, discussions about <laughs> the network is the computer. the computer. So, People didn't understand yeah, it back
0: then, but they do now. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I think if you remember, we were told, that, you know, there was one uh, stream of thought that said, oh, nobody understands that. And, and then there was the other stream of thought that said, well, that's okay. Um, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll learn to understand it and um, by experience. And I think what we're now into is um, people uh, yep. is, is is really the network. And, and so I like to call it people 3.0. Oh, interesting. Um, Let's put them at the center okay. and, uh, and, and move forward with our marketing. And, and so those are pretty, you know, big changes um, for us, And, I you think. know,
0: Roseanne, I, I think we could go on on this for, for hours. Cause it's such a fascinating subject, but, but um, I need to kind of just wrap this up here. Tell us where you see Earthsayers taking this marketing transformation next. Kind of a, a quick wrap-up for us.
1: Well, I think um, EarthSayers.TV uh, as a site will, will morph into um, you know, much more of a, a media network. And um, my main point and why I want to end with uh, getting back to EarthSayers is it's a good example of innovation done by a group of marketing people, it's not just me, uh, a group of us who have worked together at Sun and Computerland. Um, you know, are are driving it. So it's a good example of what you can do. Um, but and, and most importantly, uh, I need people, you know, to begin, you know, to visit it. And and so I'm always doing a plug for it. Um, but I I think uh, so. We're going to use it and are using it as, as a uh, an example of of what we we see um, needing to happen because there's a whole content management system, etc. Behind it. So. Uh, you know, in the future, I think uh, we'll probably move into even more uh, niche um, subjects around sustainability, uh, like climate change, and begin to drive uh, collaboration uh, between the nonprofit and the business sectors. So we've kind of got a lot on our plate, and of course, um, you know, that that's not bad. That really uh, is giving us a lot of motivation, uh, you know, to make changes.
0: That's terrific. Well, thank you, Ruthann. Um, again, this is a topic that, that we could go on for quite a long time because there's so much to cover when you've just kind of touched the tip of the iceberg. We've been talking with Ruthann Barrett of earthsayers.tv about the intersection of sustainability and Web 2.0. And Ruthann has very kindly put a set of slides on her website uh, that talk about, um, about some of these concepts and visually show what we've been discussing here. You can see those at www.ruthannbarrett.com, and I'm going to spell that, r u t h a n n b a r r e t tcom You can also see what Ruthann and hear and experience what Ruthann has been talking about at earthsayers.tv, and let me spell that, that's E-A-R-T-H-S-A-Y-E-R-S.tv, tv, which is the voice of sustainability. So thank you again, Ruthann, for being here with us today. And, uh, well, thanks for the opportunity. Oh, it was great to have you here. This is Linda Popke from Marketing Thought Leadership. Until next time, uh, go out and, uh, and try something some of this on your own marketing. Thanks very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Marketing Thought Leadership, brought to you by L2M Associates. If you'd like to find out how you can improve the return on your investment in marketing programs, processes, or people, contact us at www.l2massociates.com